<laughs> it's like it's, it is absolutely not. All right, all right, whatever. Um, we're good. I'm live. We're recording, and right. um, the waveform looks fantastic. It's like Chef's kiss. Let me uh, let me see you. Inst- oh, I want to see you and not the Ableton waveform. Why is it not? What the fuck? It's being again. It's being a little bitch and not letting me. Like, have you figured out your multi? Have you figured out your multi-touch uh, keep uh, touchpad commands? No, obviously not. You should be able to do all sorts of interesting things with using two or three fingers on the keypad. Yeah. I'm familiar with doing interesting things with two or three fingers, but, you know, not <laughs> not necessarily on the keypad. <laughs> don't you raise your eyebrows at me. <laughs> don't, you, don't, you, don't you laugh like Billy Crystal at me. Does Billy Crystal laugh like that? I mean, it's impossible to know what Billy Crystal really does because the only time uh, we see Billy Crystal is when he's in in character. You know, so when he's slicking the cities, when he's acting, yeah, when he's Mike Wazowskiing. So it's it's difficult to know. Is Mike Wazowski, it, it, Billy Crystal is the voice of Mike Wazowski. Yes, I did not realize that. Get the fuck out I knew of that, here. I knew. You gotta be shitting me. How could you not know that? Sully's John Goodman, right? Yes. I knew that. Um, I didn't realize that Mike Wazowski was Billy Crystal, though. I don't know who I thought it was. What a delightful film. Can we just take a second? It is a, it is a really delightful film. In no small part due to the... The talents of Billy Crystal, I guess. Of Billy Crystal and and John Goodman. Um, Two of the the most Jewish men to ever exist. John Goodman's a Jew? He's Jewish? I don't know. It feels like it, though. I don't think he is. He might not be. Billy Crystal's very Jewish. Billy Crystal's obviously a Jew. Um, Have you ever seen the movie... um, analyze that oh yeah with Rob with Robert De Niro yes that's like the kind of movie that I was into when I was 13 nine Nine? yeah (laughs) same same thing it's like oh he likes psychologist movies Uh, Jewish psychologist Italian yeah I don't know if that was aimed for that age group I feel like it was the other thing I really liked was um It will analyze this. And the other movie the, that you liked was and then analyze that. that was the, yeah. Uh, that was the other movie. Yeah. No, I liked The Whole Nine Yards with... Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis and Amanda Peet. Very hot in that movie. You see her tits in that you movie. You do see her tits in that movie. And they're good. And it's only for a second, but it's, it's like... very brief. I must have been 13 because it was like, I could jack, I can jack off to this scene. Like I can make it happen in this brief sort of the clouds parting, and you gotta be, you gotta be ready to go. You gotta be ready to go. Yeah, you're not gonna go from zero to hero in that time frame. It's not quite a um, like a Titanic situation where they it kind of lingers for a while. It's it's like a it's like a good tit lingering shot. Yeah, the Titanic gives you something to work with for a while. Yeah. It gives, yeah. you, it gives you a little time. And if you had it back in the day, if you had it on VHS, which I think many of us probably did in our age group, you could... The Titanic? Yeah. You could you could cue it up to yeah. that scene. Blockbuster. And then, but, yeah. You could cue it up to that scene, and then you could just watch the scene, which was probably, I don't know, like what, a two to three minute scene of tits? You could, you could go on the internet, and uh, you'd have to put some time aside because the internet wasn't always wasn't as fast as it is now. 
Speaking of which, I got the new and improved 25-foot Ethernet cable, which was the perfect length. Yeah, it's... I am running it sideways off the desk, down, and under the couch. You're like, you're coming to me over to so clearly that it's it's amazing it's like we're in the same room we are in the same room basically with i feel like we're this technology i I mean it's like i could feel your breath on the back of my neck yeah uh, i can which is where you'd be sitting because you'd you'd be holding yeah i would definitely be behind you and um pretty much every time that you say like a Every time there's like a plosive in your in your speech, I'm feeling it coming out of my mic. You could you <laughs> I'm taking this off. It's too hot. Yeah, the, it's the north not, face. Not, not necessarily the conversation, but the north face is a little warm. Well, the conversation is which hot, means that which means that my which means that my radiators have kicked on, and now it is unlivably hot inside. It was too cold all day, and now it is uh, unsustainably. It's like the fucking Triassic in here. Take it off. Got my plants are really they're thriving, going nuts. The plants look really good. Ooh, I saw a little nipple there. That was pretty nice. Yeah, you got a little. You got an. You got some upper chest action mm-hmm. with the camera yeah. angle. You're looking pretty tight, man. That looks nice. I'm not that tight right now. No, you're not feeling all. Everything where you want it to be. No, it's not quite there. I've been drinking too much wine. You know, I haven't really been doing anything um, to to get my body. F- looking this way lately um just being you just leading my i guess you know can i be completely honest always i think it's i think it's i think it's sim racing i think i'm getting a little bit of upper chest shoulders biceps back does does the wheel give that much resistance do you think you really? Uh... It's not that. It's just like holding it up and like it. it you're. It's kind of like um, iso. Met. I don't know what it is, but it's like you're. You're like holding it. And your your arms are tensed, and then it's yeah. You're you're doing some jerking around. Yeah. That and it's also my legs too, my calves and my thighs because I'm braking and accelerating and. I mean, it sounds like a really passive thing, but it is. It really isn't. Sim racing is uh, it's a full body workout, is what you're saying. It puts more demand. It puts more demand on the body than you might imagine. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, I would imagine virtually, n- like no demand on the body. None. No, none. <laughs> but it's not true. When I'm done racing, my shoulders, I feel it, and and front of the shoulders and upper chest, just kind of. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Well, but thank you for uh, thank you for saying. It's pretty that. interesting. Um, you know, I, I'm thinking of so, yeah. I think that I don't know what I'm gonna do to. You know, when that wears off and my body is no longer, my muscles are no longer confused by that because I'm doing it every day. I'm gonna need some new upper. But as far as my lower, I'm gonna get a. Um, I'm gonna get a bike trainer for my bicycle because I got my bicycle back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and my dad had it because it was okay. Because I left it outside for a couple winters. I just left it outside for a couple of years. Yeah, I was gonna ask where you got it back from, but it was from your parents. Yeah, I just yeah, I just took it up to my dad. He had it in the shop, so to speak. Well, I'm glad you got it back. Um, I think bike trainers are a little. Uh, you have to get the right one because I think if you get a crappy one, it's gonna be a nightmare. I agree. And that's why I asked Ross which one he has, and I'm just going to get that one, I think. He's got something called Cyclops Mag Plus. So Cyclops Plus. The Mag. That's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And the Mag is a magnet. Mm. And the Plus is the ability to adjust the magnet from a, a handle uh, that's attached by it. It's, it's, not, it's not like Wi-Fi or Bluetooth or whatever. It's an actual physical handle cable that you are manipulating using a, a thing that you can hold and then goes back to the back of the bike that way if you want to adjust your resistance you don't have to uh get off the bicycle to do that 
which is, you know, during a workout, that's pretty useful. That's very cool. So I think that's what I'm going to get. Do you, um, then, uh, do you have the space? And then watch out because I'll be ready to fuck. <laughs> yeah, he's going to. Do I have the space? Do you have the space in your apartment um, to put a bike? I mean, like, I think I'm just going to put it right here. Like right, like right next to me. You're, well, I won't adjust my camera too much, but like this sort of like this sort of thing that kind of divides the living room and the kitchen. There's really no reason that there shouldn't actually be a physical barrier, as long as it doesn't run the whole width, obviously, because then you can't then you can't cross over from one end to the other. No. But if the bicycle like back wheel is right here, I figure it'll go as far as the Stenstorp. Will it? I mean, I won't be able to cut over this way. I'll have to walk around the Stenstorp if I want to, like, go to the garbage or if I want to, like, get a bottle from the bo- the little bar cart here. But I think that's what I'm going to do. Well, you know, you are pretty committed to um, <gasps> the... Fitness. Well, that's not what I was going to say, but that's true. Um, you're pretty committed to uh, the bachelor pad lifestyle. At this time, and the feedback I've been getting from real a a, a real woman said this to me, um, a real life woman. Whoa, said that uh, my hobbies are uh, endearing. That I have uh, so many hobbies. Really? So. Yeah. Well, that's um who said that to you? Don't worry about it. Okay. That's okay. Uh don't worry about who said it to me. That's, I, I but um I could tell you I could tell you offline. Yeah, that I would like it, but um I will tell I will tell it to you. Okay. This, this person this person likes what I'm about. That's I guess that's what you need. Um yeah, and it kind of contrasts to my my ex, who didn't really like what I was about. It turned out, <laughs> or at least was became kind of incapable of communicating that. Yeah, that's that's um, true. I think that was probably more of the latter. Just became, just really didn't have what it took. You know, uh, unfortunately, that that does happen in long term relationships. That's right. That's right. It was a long term relationship. And um, we came to the correct conclusion. This is not a knock on her. No. Um, but there was a long time during the relationship where I didn't feel like this person liked at all what I was about. And um, and God, I went a really long time, like, feeling worthless. Worthless, chef. Yeah, chef. Me. Yeah. And I have so much to offer the world. You have so much to offer. You are... The furthest thing from a worthless man. That's so... Thank you. I know I kind of like led you into saying that, but it means a lot hearing you say that. You could lead me into saying that every day and I would say the same thing. Because thank it's you. true. Thank you, Chef. Um, I had another thing I wanted to say about that, but I, I, I lost my train of thought, so... um. Well, what can you do? What can you do? Really? Life is just a a number of fleeting moments, is it not? That's very true. So the topic for today's episode is not the not the cleanest segue. No. It was a pretty bad segue, but so please forgive this. Uh Coke Records. Are we doing the Coke Records episode? <laughs> Let's do the Coke Records episode. Okay. <laughs> I I have had precisely none, nothing to drink. I haven't smoked weed in long enough that I'm sober. Let's do an episode about Coke, which I've never tried. Okay, yeah, <laughs> let's do it. Um, I wanted to do a little. Have you Have you tried it? Have you tried Coke? Have I done Coke? Yes. Um, I have done Coke one time. So I've done it no times. You've done it one time. Let's talk about Coke. Let's talk about Coke Records. Let's talk about cocaine. Would you like to um would you like to hear my Coke story? Yeah, sure. Um Absolutely. All right. So I did Coke the one time when I was living in Austin. The end of I lived in Austin for like five years. Mm-hmm. Um <clears throat> I did Coke the very tail end of 
my Austin experience, which um, I will say is pretty rare as far as to wait that long as far as living in Austin, as far as Austin experiences go, because Coke was pretty prevalent when I it was around when I when I lived there. Yeah. Um, But uh, I don't know. I just didn't really hang around that kind of people, I guess, that much. Yeah. But uh I uh I went to a friend of mine, uh, one of he's my my friend Joe. He is my purest friend, is what I often say. He is just the most pure of heart, good-hearted person that I know. Um and it was his bachelor party. Mhm. And what the plan was was that there was going to be a sort of simultaneous bachelor party and bachelorette party. And the guys obviously were going to go with Joe and the girls were going to go with his soon to be wife Raquel. And we were just going to like, it was going to be a huge blowout. We we knew that that was a given on both sides. So I was living in Austin with my girlfriend, Allison, at the time. And we were all like, we were like gearing up to do the huge blowout party. And uh, that afternoon before the party, we got in a massive, massive fight about Mm. which I I do not, I I don't remember what it was about at all. Like Mm -hmm. not even a little bit. I I should probably text her and ask what that was about just for Yeah, let's you should definitely get her mad all over again. Yeah, I don't I don't give a shit. We're cool. Um I maybe I should do that. I'm gonna text her right now actually and see what she says. No, right. I shouldn't I shouldn't do that. Do you think I should do that? No, of course not. Okay. Well, she'd answer me, but anyway. Uh we got in a huge fight. And she decided that she was not going to go to the bachelorette portion because she was too upset. And I was like, well, I'm still going. Fuck you. I'm still going to one of my best friend's bachelor parties. And so I did. And uh, Coke was not really on the table beforehand. I didn't really realize that Coke was going to be a thing at the bachelor party. Mm-hmm. We were just going to... Um, like a like a kind of a fancy bowling alley, and we were gonna have some drinks, and we were gonna bowl. Yeah, sure. And that's what I we like did. Places like that. That's what we did. And at the beginning, the bachelor and the bachelorette party were, were together when we were at the bowling alley, and it was, I gotta say, it was pretty fun. It was pretty hot. There was a lot of uh, hot guys, hot ladies, um, all together. Great. Of course, I was, I was very in love with my girlfriend at the time, so I wasn't interested in any of the hot ladies, but. Uh, but they were there. But they were there, and I did appreciate that. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and then you know, later into the evening, you know, it was like, okay, it's time for us to split up. We're gonna do our own thing. We went to our own bar, which was literally like two hundred feet away from the bowling alley, very close. And we had a bunch of drinks, and that was great. And then. Uh, our mutual friend Mike was like, hey guys, guess what? And we were like, what? And he was like, I bought a bunch of Coke that we're going to do later when we go to the house. And everybody was like, sounds great. Um, and I was like, well, I've never done Coke before, but you know, if I'm going to do it, this would be the time. This would be the time. And uh, so we had a good time at the bar. We drank a lot of drinks. We went back to the house. I was pretty fucked up just on beers and drinks alone. And mm-hmm. uh, and then he was like, all right, it's time to do the Coke. And uh, he brought out the Coke and, you know, we were we were doing the whole thing. We were snorting it. We were rubbing it on our gums and shit. Wow. And um, really getting after it like a, like like it was cocaine or something. Really getting after it like it. We were like we were doing Coke and. uh Pretty much all it did was sober me up. 
Yeah, I thought that you were going to say that. I just, I felt like, just like before, well, fuck. before the before the coke, I was like, well, I'm really drunk and I'm going to have to just sleep on the couch or something. And then we did the coke, and I was like, "Well, I can. Dr- I'm I'm good. I can drive home now." <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. uh, that's what I did. I drove home after we did the coke, back into a awful domestic situation where I had a, a huge fight with my girlfriend, and uh, got back. She didn't want to talk to me at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I I guess I don't blame her. I don't know. I'm, I I will have to talk to her. I I need to remember what the fight was about. She probably mm-hmm. doesn't remember. Um, and then I just laid in the bed awake all night because mm-hmm. of the coke and because of the fight. And then uh, the day after, I was because of you know whatever the like the serotonin that it sucks out of your system or whatever. Mm-hmm. I was just probably the saddest I've ever been in my life. <laughs> not to not to laugh at your misery, my friend. Uh, does it, it awful. Uh, does it suck? I think what it does is it's just that you've been high and that life is extremely gray after you've been very high, right? Well, no, I think there is like a chemical thing where it's it's feeding on your serotonin receptors or something like that and then oh okay oh yeah i guess i didn't i I guess i don't know i don't remember that from like dare but i'm sure i've learned that at some point when i was i mean i'm sure i've had discussions about coke and and that's come up but uh yeah i have i i don't think i've ever felt that sad before in my life wow Hmm. it was it was awful pretty profound were you able to kind of get ahead of it and be like this is just chemical there's no reason i should feel this sad or were there other things in life that make you feel that way absolutely not i just felt like total shit you just got wrecked i got wrecked i think she was she was she was sleeping on the couch because she was mad at me and i was just in the bed like crying (laughs) it sounds like such a fun drug when you put it like that so because of that um yeah i i because of that coke experience, I don't, just like, I don't, I don't think really I really want to do it. I don't think I really want to do it again. I uh, there's a number of reasons why I've elected not to do coke yet, and I say yet because it could. I mean, I'm I guess my mind is not completely shut off to the idea. There's just a couple things. I, I, I in college, an idea that was kind of percolating around my friend group was either was essentially like you're either a person who smokes weed or you're a person who does coke. And if you're that person, you okay. can still do the other thing, but like sure. you won't, you won't flip your polarity. And I'm firmly 100% a person who smokes weed. Um, yeah, I, I do know that about you. I don't need something to augment my personality at parties. I no, don't you have a lot of personality. Just I don't. As it is. I don't need something that encourages me to speak up or speak my mind, or. Gratefully, this isn't something that I feel all the time, but full of myself. I don't really need any kind of help with that. Uh, so Coke is just not something I chemically need. I, I I have too much of all of the shit that makes me feel that way, frankly. Uh, I, you know, I don't need something that's going to reduce my impulse control <laughs> or, 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 diminish <laughs> yeah, my, or diminish my filtering capabilities. So anyways, I... Uh, I've just I've just elected not to to do it today, and then also I had a, a bunch of my friends got into it and got you know unhealthily thin, and we're doing it during the work week, and we're doing it at work, yeah. and we're like not really sure. Realized that they were becoming addicted to it, and not really sure of like how to stop. So I've kind of witnessed that very close to me, and not really yeah. interested. But that isn't to say that I can't enjoy Coke culture as long as it's not damaging people that I care about. Um, we obviously both love Coke culture. Yeah. I the mean, aesthetics there's, of cocaine. there's, there's some really great, we actually, we were talking about that. I think on we the, on the show, about we've talked we about, talk about it on the how show. Coke culture in all of its hell, um, is, is, can be eccentric and could be very interesting. And again, well, not, I don't want I, people I, to, I don't, I don't like the idea of this being a thing where like people are suffering here. We're having a conversation as sort of just the objective 
I would say we were talking about not the necessarily arts, the music. We were not, we were not necessarily talking about the culture of Coke as much as the aesthetics of Coke. Yeah, that's true. Well, I mean, I think that the aesthetics are informed by the culture to some degree. Like, well, I mean, I, mean, I, I don't know if I could draw true, direct parallels like we're in art school or some shit, but like, you know, Coke, you you know, Coke aesthetics when you see it for sure. And I think oh, that's because, oh, yeah. because it's and informed by them. a culture. I will say that uh, the guy that brought the Coke to that party years later, um, I went to a fourth of july party and he was there and we started talking about it a little bit and this guy is like the most successful person of our college friend group like by far i i, I don't want to like <laughs> that's like funny. i i don't want to out him or anything but he has a uh a very successful tech company like this guy is basically a millionaire at this point great that's awesome um based off of a obviously a coke idea that he had in college really wow that was successful uh and you know in college i knew that i was like oh you know this guy is you know he's he's doing a lot of coke right now and uh i i talked to him about that for i talked to him about it at that fourth of july party and he was like yeah i was doing a lot of coke because i felt like i had to to make the company successful because I needed to do all that work. And I was like, well, that's not good. And he was like, no, you know, yeah, what, yeah, wasn't good. And then I was like, well, like how much Coke do you think you were doing? And he was like, yeah, I was doing like a thousand dollars a week. Yeah. I mean, and I was like, I think it's oh a lot. God. I know Coke is expensive, but that still sounds like a lot. Sounds yeah, like for $4,000 a month on Coke. I don't, I don't make $4,000 a month. I don't make $4,000 a month either. It's crazy. Yeah, I just like... For me, cocaine is like a party that I'm enjoying and is like good and fine. And then like someone who doesn't think it is, obviously, or thinks it could be better, like brings out the coke. Or like... You never see it. It's always like, I have it in my pocket or I have it in my hand. It's like this magic act. And then they like go off into another room and they come back and proceed to turn the party into shit. Well, there was... Um, like, the party was good and now it sucks because you won't stop talking to me. <laughs> yeah, there was... Um, but the music usually gets better. The music does usually get better. Or at least... It, I mean, you know, like, I, I enjoy... Honestly... I like, and people have gone, people have attended my parties where I do this, like play really weird and chill stuff. And people are like, how are we going to have fun during this? This is awful. Or not awful, but like, you know. I, I always liked your parties where you played chill stuff, but you know, I'm not a Coke person. You're just like such a chill guy. I'm a chill guy. When the Coke people got back from the bathroom or the back porch or the front steps or wherever, and they came back. And which, is the th- which is the three places that you do cocaine in Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just like, yeah, the back porch is like primary. That's primo for sure. Yeah, that's mainly it. Um, They come back and put something on that I never heard before and is just like rocking. Or they put on like a classic. They play this at the dives at like 11 p.m. every single night. Song, Such which as- is... Piano Man. Really? Yeah. Ugh. You know, like, it, it, it either goes one way or the other. It either goes to the thing that I never heard of or it goes to the thing that you hear every single night at the bar. Billy Joel's not Coke music. Uh, Is Billy Joel Coke music? Uh, I mean, what what kind of music, what kind of drug would you say it is? It's drinking music. It's, yeah. It's, it's alcohol it's, music, for sure. It's alcohol music, for sure. It's not Coke music, I don't think. I also fucking hate Billy Joel. Billy Go- Billy Joel can suck my fucking dick. Yeah, I don't like Billy Joel either. Yeah, he could die in a ditch. And he should have. I'm trying to think of, of another song. Driving shit he did. I mean, okay, so let's get into the topic. When I okay. say Coke record to you, what do you think of? Like what's what's like what's Coke record number one? Well, actually, I think we're both going to say the same thing. Coke record number one. 
is Rumors. That would not be my Coke record number one, but obviously Rumors is um Really, I almost fantastic. feel like it's objectively like the Coke record of the century of the nineteenth of the twentieth century. Uh, objectively, it is probably the number one Coke record. Okay, um, but I, what, I agree. what's your number I agree one? With you. What's your number one? The record, well, because I mean, I love Rumors. Rumors is a fucking fantastic album. That's great. But it's not really near and dear to my heart. I love it, but it doesn't have like a super amount of emotional resonance for me. Um, my number one Coke record is No Other by Gene Clark. Oh, I don't think I've ever sat down and listened to that. Because it is just a fucking coked out country record from yeah. like 1974. So it's not really honky tonk. It's more country rock? Oh, it's definitely country rock. It's country rock and it's like there are synthesizers and like uh-uh. Native Amer- Native American choirs and shit. It's just <laughs> that's excellent, dude. It's it's I wanna, it's insane. I'm gonna put that on. It's the most. Should, I put, out. should I put that on after this? It'll be midnight after this. Yeah, put it on, please. Put it on. Uh, I'm gonna put it on. Yeah, well, it'll be like midnight when we're done. It's like it's. I still. That's I, the, I really want to do the dishes. If I don't do the dishes tonight, tomorrow's fucked. And I don't want tomorrow to be fucked. I'd like to get a couple things done tomorrow. Well, although I no longer have to help Andy move because Andy's done. He's he's here. Oh, really? You didn't have to do anything? You didn't have to drive to Evansville and back? I didn't know. I wasn't going to do that. I told him I was going to do that. Um, But um, but uh, I was going to help him move all day if needed. And uh, he said he had some friends come through in the clutch and help him get it done. So so I have my day. I have my day back. I think Good for Andy. An Shout errand. out to friend of the show, Blood Orphan. Shout out um, to Andy and Brandy. They are now Chicago residents. Well, Brandy's being the moved cat. on yeah. Monday, but uh, Monday she's he's gonna. So he still has ten hours of driving at least. But um, oh. yeah, uh, that's what you get. but anyway, so I got my Sunday back, and um, yeah, but Gene Clark, Gene Clark, no other, no other. Native American choir. That I think that for me, just the the best Coke album. You know, it's just you can hear how much Coke he was doing in L.A. when he recorded that album, and it is fucking yeah. fantastic. Yeah, that's great. What uh, what are your big Coke albums other than Rumors? Um. I was so I, it's, I, it, it, go on. I was trying to do I, I wanted to do a little more research on this. I didn't know that we were gonna totally uh go into the the Coke album episode. I would have done a little more research because I don't I only have like a handful of like known Coke albums. Well see that's the thing is it's almost like I don't you know for me it's almost like pick it out and it's like Maybe you're wrong, maybe you're right. And here's here's my example that I want to give is that I grew up listening to Fusion. I was tweeting about that this week. It was not my choice. It was what was on in the house. Uh, my dad doesn't do drugs, doesn't even smoke no. weed, has never t- smoked weed. No. Um, though you wouldn't know it, probably. You might know it if you got to know him, but as I do. But he doesn't seem like a weed guy to me. Well, that's the thing is he see well, he's a man, he contains multitudes, but at, at any rate. Um, that's very true. Okay. Yeah, of course. Although he'd argue that he doesn't. He'd argue he's just a simple a simple country boy, but anyways. He is not a simple country boy. Not anymore. Any Maybe means. he was. I think that sometimes in moments of kind of weakness, perhaps, he feels like I'm this down home, the world is big, and I'm so small, And but I think he's I think he's a lot bigger than that. My dad is a he is he's a complex man. He's a complex even man. in even in the brief moments which I have interacted with him, he's clearly a complex man. I agree. I agree. Um but so I, I grew up listening to Fusion and whether or not those guys were actually doing drugs is somewhat up in the air, actually. Well, I don't know. And here's the answer I want to give. I want to give Heavy Weather by Weather Report. 
Starts out with Birdland, Havona's on there, Palladium is on there, Teen Town, um, and 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 there's just it's this sort of orgiastic uh, celebration kind of record, and um, and I, I think it's I think Weather Report is a Coke band. I think people that listen to I think that li- people that listen to them are are doing cocaine, or or. <laughs> you know tend tend to want tend to want to enjoy definitely definitely people that listen to weather report smoke weed but um so yeah that was that's up there for me um other fusion that's a band that i literally know nothing about and have never listened to i don't know anything about them at all yeah jazz fusion um wayne shorter jaco pastorius joe Mm. zawanul these guys played with miles davis before they did this and or Jocko, I, do know I don't Jocko know Jocko, I don't know if Jocko played with Miles but um Lenny White so it's a little it's like it's a it's jazzy that's a jazz band it's jazzy jazz fusion band. but it's fusion so it's got synths and they're doing African and Latin polyrhythms and polymeter and so it's this whole sort of uh it works though because it's its own thing so I, I think that's up there. The other thing that's up there is like Herbie Hancock, some of those records. Herbie Hancock is very coked out. There's, I agree. there's some coke stuff going on there. The shirts that he's wearing, for sure. The kind of mid '80s. That being said, some of the Pat Metheny stuff, even though the music isn't necessarily coked out, it was just at a time where there was just there was just a lot of cocaine around. So you just have to imagine some of these dudes in their fucking all carpet homes in Buffalo Grove, <laughs> Illinois, who <laughs> were. <laughs> With carpeted out with, with the speakers when the, that are when flat, the line when the, the, the when the line falls off the counter and it just disappears into the carpet. Yeah, when your living room is got like five different levels of like of altitude. Yeah, it's a sunken living when room. It's this yeah, sort it's of a coke when place. it's inverted, sort of <laughs> ziggurat <laughs> shape. <laughs> then, <laughs> then, then it doesn't matter what you're listening to. That's a coke record if it's in your fucking you know your bathroom with glass doors on the shower and mm-hmm. mm, there's probably some uh we probably shouldn't let ourselves get into the discussion of the too horny about too coke horny records. about the coke the the, the, the about sh- the, shower the, coke records the, 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 the styles the style of the day um so i i, I do have a question for you do you yeah, think sure. that uh do you think that coke rap counts as a coke record yeah but what's coke rap like clips clips obviously <laughs> i'm glad i'm glad we both went to the same place there <laughs> clips obviously it's like uh, freddie gibbs coke rap i mean it is about cocaine raekwon yeah yeah o- only built for cuban links is a serious coke record yeah but it's, an it's also, different it's also goat for sure in the genre it's oh, also yeah. on- it's also only built for only built for Cuban links is incredible, obviously. Okay, so actually, let's let's get into that because there's a number of mafioso rap records, and the mafioso rap records are directly inspired by Scarface. And well, my ma- question, you know, is, what else? My well, question that's is the big well, one, though. We were kind the of Godfather. To me, a, a Coke record is more of like a. A record that is made under the influence on of coke. cocaine, and Actually, a lot of co- and yeah. most of coke rap is not really no made under the influence of cocaine. It's just about selling cocaine. Well, I mean, you know, I don't think we need to limit ourselves in our discussion as long as we sort of we can we can kind of characterize and clarify and, and categorize as we go. The records that I'm talking about might not necessarily, although Herbie Hancock definitely was. What I'm talking about more is like, what do you put on? What does someone who's on cocaine put on? That that's that's a coke record. When you're high on cocaine, what do you want to listen to? Yeah, and then also just yeah, like what's, you know, for me it is almost like a like a rant, like a you know a word association thing. You know what I mean? Like Herbie Hancock, Mister Hands is like bust out the blow. I'd do some right now. Yeah. The crazy Mr. ass, like the synthesizer, fucking glissando, like ooh, motherfucker sounds like a theremin. If it's got a theremin in it, it's a coke. It record. sounds like it sounds like <laughs> snorting coke, is what it sounds like. 
it's the it's the musical it's the musical embodiment of the act of insufflating cocaine into your into your brain um what's a modern coke record Mm. come up come up here max come up here my sweet boy it's not super modern but uh kaput by destroyer is a pretty big actually pretty big coke record but that's like 2009 isn't that rock is that rock and roll yeah it's coke rock coke rock it's 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 a little yacht rocky it's a little coke rocky really i I think Um, that sounds kind of interesting it's a great album you should listen to it what are you doing up there max what are you doing Get out of the frame, Max. Max, get out of the frame. Your big ass leg. Don't try to get down below the frame. Oh, he's really trying to get down below there. Jump into my lap if you're gonna do it. Yeah. Sarah just... Smile. Uh Hollow Notes is a Coke is a Coke duo. Hollow Notes is pretty cokey. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean all of the yacht rock. We could really throw all the yacht rock in there, I think. Ink- Steely Dan. Yeah, yeah. Yacht Rock is very cocaine. Asia's Asia is like one of the co- coke records of the <laughs> Right? Sorry. Sorry, I just got a a full face of Max looking at the cam like looking directly at the camera. He's like sitting directly in front of the computer. He actually he sat on my <laughs> He sat on my uh he just sat on my neck the other day. I was on my phone. I'm I'm I think I might have even been like watching porn or something. And he like came and he came and like sat on my neck as I was just lying there on my back. But um, but yeah. So all the all the yacht rockers, Kenny Loggins, Michael McDonald. Clearly doing a lot of cocaine. Doing cocaine. People were doing cocaine while they listened to that music. It was about... Some of it was about cocaine. Yeah. Uh, Other songs were about characters and, you know, telling stories in the context of people who are doing cocaine, enjoying cocaine recreationally. Because, yeah, especially in the 80s, cocaine was... Cocaine was, you know, not really uh, that big of a deal. Max, do not sit on those cords. Go away. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Just just sat, like, he sat on the cords leading into the audio interface. Max, and, don't do that. And, uh, you know, if I wasn't, but he might have even pulled them out, but he didn't. I was on top of it. Thank God. So, Kaput by Destroyer. Uh, what do you think about Tame Impala? Tame uh, Impala. I have, never listened, I have never listened to that band in my entire life. It is the work of it. It is the 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 the, the product of the of, of one guy. man basically, Kevin Parker. One Coke guy. And uh, I think he I think he was drinking a lot, and I think mostly he's just doing cocaine these days. Mostly just doing coke. Um, well, You'd you think start out that, drinking. If the mu- if if the music is good, yeah, and you're drinking. Then you make a little money, yeah, and then you start doing coke. Yeah, with, while, here's while a, you're here's a stupid music. question: it's, Was Miles was Miles Davis doing cocaine in the eighties? I mean, the man looked like you know coke, like walking shit. He looked like shit. He really did 80s. look like absolute shit. And I mean, I know some of that was due to heroin, right? I should. Well, I was gonna say. I mean, I, I always get my. I always get my. He was probably my jazz greats who do heroin and do. Well, we probably. I think you kind of do it every. You do it all when you're Miles Davis. Miles Davis definitely did heroin for a long ass time. Obviously. Uh. In the eighties, I think he probably was doing cocaine because he had like a Lamborghini. Why would Miles Davis not be doing it. He had like a Ferrari Testarossa. <laughs> Anybody who owns a Ferrari Testarossa, the most cocaine car, 
or like maybe it was a oh, I gotta look this up this is gonna bother me hey Alexa he had like a mullet in the 80s what he had like that Miles freaky Davis ass have? mullet Lamborghini Countach Oh, Miles Davis for f- car. All right, baby, come on. Hit me with that download speed. We got Ethernet. What do you think I have the Internet for? Come on. Did he have a Countach? He had a Testarossa. He had a California. Oh, my God. He had four Ferraris. Holy mother He's of Miles Christ. Davis, why not? He had a 250 California Spider. He had a 250 GT Lusso. He had a 275 GTB4 and a Testarossa. I don't know if he owned a Lamborghini. Wait, when Miles crashed his Lamborghini. <laughs> uh, wrote in Track Magazine. His It was filled with Coke at the time. Yeah. And he broke, his, both, he broke both his legs. It was a Miura. Why would you have... Oh, God, I mean, that's why... a beautiful car. Oh God! If you owned a, if you if you literally <clears throat> owned a Lamborghini outright, why uh, would it not be filled with cocaine? Yeah. <laughs> the windows are made of the stuff, and you lick them. Yeah, it's but windows the are windows are you know just just tempered cocaine. Tempered. <laughs> it's a it's a fucking lime green uh, Lamborghini Miura. Has this sort of, uh, yeah. The windows are just hard candy. The, the, the back looks kind of like an ant's abdomen. Anyway, um, so Miles Davis is some of his electric stuff. Or maybe not his electric stuff. Maybe it was later than that. I mean, he had some. He had some records in the eighties. He has this record called Amandla. Uh, A M, A N D L A. My dad had it on CD actually. And look at the cover. Look A Mandala. Oh, is it Amandala? I don't I don't know. I'm no, it's, I think it's shit. a Mandala. Oh, it means know. power in uh in African language in Guni. I don't know what that is though. So I'm not gonna like say it like I've got any command over this knowledge. Guni. Um just learning it at the same time you are. Let's see where they are. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh the Nguni languages are a group of Bantu languages spoken in southern Africa. They include, uh, I don't know how to pronounce this, Bahosa, X-H-O-S-A, Zulu, Yeah, I think it's Dibele, like Shosa or something. Swati, like Hubi, yeah. and then a number of that get increasingly more difficult to pronounce. But, uh, yeah. Those are like the, like the click languages where they have like the... The clicking sounds? Uh, you wouldn't be able to tell you. It doesn't, that's not jumping out of the wikipedia pages no i'm telling you that's what those languages oh they are yeah okay oh you're right fuck me yeah i know i'm right you you know a lot you you read a lot about the nguni languages doke yeah i read a lot on wikipedia man yeah that's fair uh i read um yeah in south africa Mm mm-hmm so yeah, Miles Davis, Amandla. Coke album. Coke album. Stamp it right on there. We really have not uh come to a conclusion on whether Coke rap counts as a Coke album. I think it does, man. I think that the I think during the time of only built for Cuban links, people were listening to that, and the people that were listening to that, I mean, it's enjoyed by all parties, right? Wu Tang, Wu Tang worldwide, but you know, yeah. I mean, yeah. Do you think Coke dealers listen to music about dealing Coke? If they do, we should say yes. It's Coke. It's a Coke album. I do think that Coke dealers listen to music about dealing Coke. But I agree. I, I think will they do. say that I do not think that an album about dealing Coke is a Coke album. Okay, so it's either okay. 
All right. I had to come down somehow, and that's how it's coming down. For it to be a Coke album, you have to be doing the Coke. And maybe in Coke rap albums, they're doing a little bit of the Coke, but they're not doing enough, apparently, for me to really hear it. You know what I mean? They're not making, like, stupid, like, ostentatious music choices. Like, right. If anything, it's... There's a juxtaposition there. If anything, Coke rap albums are, like, understated. Like, Hell ha- like that Clips album, no, Hell right. Hath No Fury, is just... That's a fucking tight album. Like, it's just pared down to the bone. Is that the Neptunes? It is a Neptunes album, yes. I just watched, speaking of potential Coke music... I just watched a conversation, and I don't normally watch these because they're usually hot garbage, um, but I watched a conversation between Pharrell and Rick Rubin. It's an hour-long conversation at, at Rick Rubin's place. They sit in his backyard. Um, and Where does Rick Rubin live? Like the w- Bay Area? Yeah, well, Hollywood. Yeah, L.A. Definitely or? L.A. He's got a studio called Shangri-La. Yeah, okay. it's that where everybody sense. records everything. My my yeah. last favorite thing to come out of there was Solange's second album, which is an incredible, incredible album. If you haven't, it's if crazy you haven't that sat Rick Rubin is it. like one of the architects of hip hop. It is actually crazy, um, and he's just a dumbass bearded white guy. I don't think he's that dumb. He's not dumb. He's not dumb at all. Rick Rubin is amazing. He's just uh, he's but you're saying he's clownish. He's kind of clownish. But he also is like I kind of can't hate on people who are saying the right things about life. And he's very much like says all the same stuff that I say about like leading with love and authenticity and like truth and like no. I've been thinking about you and I'm so happy that you're here. He says all the like <laughs> he treats people so well. Rick Rubin is amazing. I'm just I honestly think he's like got his head on I'm straight just, where so many people no, he, don't. No, he does. Rick Rubin is amazing. I'm just kind of clowning on him for not for not wearing like part. shoes. Yeah. He doesn't look the part of, you know, one of the most important people in hip hop should not be a weird a like, like weird long hair white guy. Yeah, I know. Yeah, he is it shouldn't be a guy who looks like Moses, you know. I don't know. It kind of it's kind of a counterfactual, and it's also I don't know. Shouldn't like one of the the brilliant heads of music industry today look like exactly like that? One of the guys who's like right. one of the guys who's closer to the creative process than he is to the presidential suite kind of thing. I I, I do agree with that. Yes, uh, Rick, Rick hearing Rubin him talk is about a... the creative process and about the artistic component and about making a space and making room in conversations and and all these it's fascinating stuff it's fascinating stuff he's truly a collaborator still to this day obviously rick rubin is one of the uh most interesting people in music yeah um agree i can't remember what i was talking about oh yeah so yeah what what brought us to this point oh yeah was just pharrell meeting him and you know obviously they're both like that's why i watched it because they're like both kind of the same person now and were back then, like as far as like, heard some hot shit, started making music, and just like made it. So a lot of the same events had to happen to them in life, and uh, but the conversation was mostly was mostly around their kind of artistic process. It was almost kind of like an interview of. It's supposed to be a conversation. It doesn't have to have any structure or form, but um, it ended up being kind of Rick Rubin asking for a lot of questions and for all kind of trying to come up with honest answers but they were both very very engaged you should check it out you might like it i mean i'm yeah i'm no, a huge I, I think I'm, I, I'm, a, I'm a huge fan of pharrell's body of work frankly like no i'm a uh i'm a massive pharrell fan so much i love it. the nept i, I love the neptune i love early like, jay-z i love the neptune's stuff with clips i like the Neptune's God, clip Pharrell stuff made is grinding, just like dude. fucking like 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 Pharrell made grinding. Do I need to say more about? Oh my God! Do I have to say anything more about how much of a fucking death grip he has on my entire generation? No. 
Yeah, you I know. need to. I but, need to. Um, and then I liked. I liked. And I loved NERD. NERD was really big for us in college for some weird reason. I was not. That I saw. Big I saw for a live. But oh, really? I saw. I saw. I saw NERD at Northwestern for Dillo Day, uh, which is an out. Which is Northwestern's Northwestern's music festival, like Music Day. They have at the end of the year. Talk about cocaine. <laughs> Northwestern kids finishing finals <laughs> and going to yeah that North yeah. Shore shit. Yeah, but a lot of weed too. Everybody smokes weed in Evanston. There's more. There's probably a lot more weed than coke, but there's no well, shortage sure. of anything depends really. On, depends on how rich their parents were, I guess. Yeah. That's right. Like down in South Evanston, we were smoking, <laughs> we were smoking meds, but uh, <laughs> they were probably they were probably doing some very good blow up uh, up North Evanston. Oh yeah, you, you get the little North yeah, Evanston on the border of Winnetka or whatever. You're doing good blow. Nerd. That's some coke. That's a coke record. Uh, seeing seeing sounds. Is that what it's called? Oh, I don't. It's know. the word for seeing sounds. Or no, it is. It's called seeing sounds. I think. And it's because Pharrell has that. What's it called? He has the uh, synesthesia. Did you, did you know that he he has synesthesia? Does he really? Isn't that fascinating? No wonder he's so good at making hip hop records. Yeah. Definitely, like the man like sees like Pharrell has the man like sees your face and sees like a text. Well, that's a bad example, but like, you know, he, the guy can like. Like you know, when like t- they talk about textures in music and stuff, like he's hyper focused on that. No wonder. I mean, his music's mm-hmm. always like that. He talks about something with Rick Rubin. Actually, it's, I thought it was really fascinating. He said, basically, someone comes in and then I try to see, well, what's th- what what do they have? What haven't they done? And I can see what they haven't done, and I can tell what would what would work. I, I, you know, if they are always doing these R and B joints, I'd say let's do a rock. Let's do a rock record. Or, and he actually didn't even describe it that way. He described it like in textures, which I've, he's like, if they're always, if they're always doing like diamond or like cotton, I put them up against granite. It was, it was fascinating. And normally again, when, you know, celebrity types or whatever, like do some overly artsy types or whatever, try to talk like that. I just think this is absolute horse shit. But with Pharrell, you kind of get the point that like, I mean, I don't know. This is an actual artist. No, he's talking about his actual process. I'm actually going to listen to him because I don't think that Pharrell might bullshit some people. Though, frankly, I do give him, I, I give him quite a bit of credit for being in the industry and for kind of still being a pretty authentic character. Uh, but I don't think that he bullshit Rick Rubin. I don't think that he'd learn. I don't think that he'd stand to gain anything from bullshitting Rick Rubin. And uh, and I think he and no. he knows that. So. Well, Pharrell also was the architect of like 10 years of hip-hop hits like some of the best songs for like 10 I mean, like years were Black all album, pharrell productions blueprint a, a lot of jay-z like a lot of what took jay-z from here like already good to like i'm not to like who jay-z is today was all was like a lot of pharrell i mean he made, i really do not like jay-z but yes i mean jay-z became you know, horrible, but like for me, it, it, so for me, it's one of those things where like when someone displays this level of genius, I almost like for the rest of time, I have to kind of give them a chance. Jay-Z reasonable doubt is a record uh, that, that is a record that like is, is so dominant. I mean, Jay-Z reasonable doubt is the archetype of a good, 90s era hip like golden era hip hop record and it'll never be unseated like like it, it it is like top 2 or 3 of all time for me and uh I don't know that for I think that's on that record maybe that's, I think he came a little later in, little later in the game but <laughs> I don't I don't know anything about that record at all You should definitely uh, listen because to it it is incredible it's a mafioso style I, record I I 
here's the thing. I won't listen to it because <laughs> I... Well, fuck you. Honestly. Why? No, seriously, why? I honestly... I Because I do not like hip-hop before, like, before Southern hip-hop became mainstream. Mm. 90s hip-hop, I really don't like any of it. Mm. I like... Uh, I like a couple of the Wu Tang albums. I like Raekwon. I like which is obviously Wu Tang, but So uh, wait, but wait, 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 wait. Wu Tang is New York rap. Obviously Rizza has his own it is New York sound rap, yeah. and it's something that pulls people in is that sound. But the grit, the I mean, Wu Tang is a little bit harder than reasonable than 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 jay-z but like then you, 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 <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> but you need to give this shit a, a listen because lyrically nothing stands up for it incredible beats i mean it's a no skip a sh- record it's, a, it's a no skip record why wouldn't you take my word for about this, lyrics you just want the beats i've listened to jay-z and i don't like it Give me beats. You have not listened to Jay-Z's debut record, though, and he's a dramatically different person than he is on Kingdom Come or whatever that jam with the hard knock life. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, those are completely different rappers, which is why it's kind of a tragedy that, like, he was so good when he was hungry and then, like, got so bad once he made it, once he made it. Is he rapping over, like, samples? Like, sample-based beats? What? Yeah. He is, isn't he? He's rapping over like sample-based beats. As opposed to what? Uh, it's hip it's hip hop. It's like it's like a nineteen ninety one hip hop record. That's what I'm saying. I don't like all the samples in the nineties. Oh man. You get beyond that, you get into like the southern shit and it's just like, yeah, you're doing like a little bit of sampling, but mostly it's just like sounds that you created off of like your 808 or whatever. I don't I don't even know if that's I don't even know if that's true, man. I don't even know if that's accurate. I think that's really up for up for debate. I'm not into like East Coast hip hop records that are like sampling jazz music or something like that. There's a darkness to this album. It's it's a work of genius. Did you like so you don't like Nas either? And is what you're saying? You don't like Illmatic? No. No, I don't like it. I don't like Nas. This is an upsetting. This is an upsetting conversation at this point. I'm growing upset. How come we always you always piss me off at the end of these episodes? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> well, listen. Uh, give, give, give me UGK. Yeah, and don't get me wrong. Outcast is. I mean, Andre is probably number two behind Doom for me. Uh, lyrically, so it's not like I don't like Southern rap. And I like UGK, and I used to listen to. Uh, I only like Southern rap, basically. Is a uh, God? What am I thinking of? This is awful. This is like two white guys talking about Southern rap, and well, that's okay because we reached our time, and uh, we should just we should just end this episode hard right now. We should just end it right now. Okay, it's over. It's, it's the episode's done. Okay. All right. I'll count us out. One. Please do. We'll do one, two, three, stop. Everyone is trying. One, two, okay. three, Get stop. to the bar. The name of the bar. The bar is called Heaven. The band in Heaven. They play my favorite song. Play it once again Play it all night long Heaven Heaven is a place A place where nothing 
nothing ever happens Heaven Heaven is a place A place where nothing Nothing ever happens There is a party Everyone is there Everyone will leave At exactly the same time It's hard to imagine That nothing at all Could be so exciting Could be so much fun Heaven, heaven is a place A place where nothing, nothing ever happens Heaven, heaven is a place A place where nothing, nothing ever happens When this kiss is over, we'll start again Will not be any different, be exactly the same It's hard to imagine that nothing at all could be so exciting could be this much fun Heaven Heaven is a place A place where nothing 